0: I don't get offended too often, but there are a small handful of things I see that bother me. One is dishonesty, and two is when people use children like political slaves. Actually, I really don't appreciate it when anyone manipulates people for political gain. So, I thought I might use this video as a chance to expose some more abusers. The people shown in this video are a special kind of abuser, though, because they're trying to trick you by pretending to help other people. Many people are fooled by this technique, however. All you have to do to catch them in the lie is just to look at the fruits of their labor. Once you realize that, all the smoke and all the mirrors or any other display will have no effect on you. With that said, let's get to our first set of do-gooders who don't understand the meaning of the First Amendment.
1: With a famously feisty Senate partner, they stormed Washington with a demand. Erase the word retarded from all federal language. Replace it with intellectual disability. They named it Rosa's Law.
2: What does Rosa's Law do, Rosa? Oh, to no more No more retarded.
0: I feel like I say this in every video, but actions speak louder than words. Look at the way this mother talks to her daughter. She doesn't ask her daughter about the law like she genuinely cares about the answer. She's asking like she has had her daughter memorize the answer for some kind of multiple choice test. There are ways to tell if people care about you or if people don't. People who care about you will ask you a question and then genuinely await the answer instead of just expecting a certain response from you. This woman is just using her daughter to achieve her political agenda and get her 15 minutes of fame. How can I tell? Well, their campaign is to ban the word retarded because it's offensive to people with Down syndrome. However, their nine-year-old daughter Rosa, who has Down syndrome, doesn't even know what the word means.
2: Why don't we like retarded, Rosa? not nice. i nice.
0: Look at this. Her mom has to tell her what to say. Rosa doesn't understand what the word means. This is all a part of the wonderful doublespeak that so well defines the radical left. If you are a man, then you are not allowed to speak about abortion because it's not your body, it's her body. Yet that doesn't stop the leftists from being offended for literally every group they aren't a part of. This mother and father are saying that we should change the medical terminology in every legal document when they are claiming it harms a group that they don't even belong to. Well, if men aren't allowed to speak about abortion because they aren't women, then you can't speak about the word retard because you don't have Down syndrome. But that's not what this whole thing is about. Listen to what they say. This has nothing to do with their daughter Rosa's needs, but everything to do with them. Do you know why they want to ban the R word? It's not to protect Rosa. They want to ban the word because they are embarrassed that they have a daughter with a mental disability. Isn't that kind of messed up?
2: We fought all the bullies because we wanted the word gone. We didn't want her to be embarrassed. We didn't want her siblings to be embarrassed.
0: Now tell me, why exactly would her siblings be embarrassed? Kids follow the lead of their parents, and if the parents weren't ashamed of their daughter's disability, then the kids wouldn't be either.
1: At school, Rosa got labeled retarded. The word stung her entire family.
0: Again with the family, and no reference to how Rosa feels. Be honest, guys. You know that changing a word is not going to cure your daughter of her disability. But what it will do is allow you to scream hate speech and end people's careers any time they remind you of how much you think your child is an inconvenience.
2: Me and my kids were out at a store, and the cashier made a mistake and said, Oh, I'm such a retard and I thought that's not right
1: so they had an idea turn that taunting into action
0: first of all it's my kids and I second that's not someone who's trying to bully your daughter she's just calling herself stupid I mean you guys in the news report said that idiot used to be the old medical terminology for retarded
1: idiot imbecile moron feeble-minded all clinical terms once used by doctors to define mental illness Retarded was first seen as a sensitive alternative, but it too became an insult.
0: Would you have gone into a Karen-style fit if she had said, I'm such an idiot? What's really going on here is that this family feels like having a retarded child lowers their status, and this campaign is just an attempt to raise their status. That's all any of this is. It has nothing to do with the people that they are offended for, outside of those people being used as a tool. These people have turned an innocent child with a disability into a tool that's designed to make them look good. Anyway, our next video comes from the wonderful people at TEDx. Let's hear what our intelligent and empowered speaker has to say.
2: Whatever they wear or do, for that matter, is seen as the best. Or perhaps it's in the way that they talk. Dropping little nuggets here or there. No biggie, really but that keeps the others reminded of who they are. After all, these are the cool kids. Now, let's think about this other group. Yes, the kids who have been othered and who are often viewed as the exact opposite of the cool group. And not because they chose to be, but because that's how they have been labeled, grouped and all thought to be. And by who?
0: Now understand that when I picked the clips for this video, I picked the most interesting parts. Through the several times that I had to watch this video to pick out said parts, I was fighting to stay awake. If you're brave enough, a link to the full video is in the description. Let me be clear though. She does have good technique. She's calm and collected, looks at the audience, has good pacing, looks professional. But that's not the problem. This is something that I'm sure frustrates a lot of people because they are really good speakers, really good writers, or really good musicians. It doesn't matter how good you are at the skill if you aren't able to pick an idea that people actually care about. And look at this title. This speaker doesn't give a fuck what her audience cares about. She titled it, The Socialization and Comfortableness of Microaggressions. That title is just a big screw you to anyone's attention span. There is literally nothing in there for me to connect with. Those are words of someone who cares so little about her audience that she can only be successful teaching college classes where people are forced to listen to her to get their degrees. When you care about the interests of your audience, you title your speech something like those who are left behind or the othered. You don't title your speech the socialization and comfortableness of microaggressions. The first two titles that I said make me ask a question. What is an othered? Who got left behind? The socialization and comfortableness of microaggressions really doesn't beg any questions. Therefore, it's a boring title to a boring speech. Microaggressions are something that literally nobody cares about. It requires some kind of weird, radical left insane mental gymnastics to think that the microaggressions these people most promote are actually offensive.
2: Translation any place, any time, any given situation, at a bus stop, a museum, or perhaps while out shopping even, that marginalized populations come to be publicly humiliated or identified as the other through presumptuous statements and questions like, wow, your English is pretty good. So where are you from? Which is often code for somehow you don't look American to me.
0: I can just imagine having a conversation where I ask somebody, where are you from, and her being such a bitch that she is offended by the question. Have you ever known people like this? I can't roll my eyes fast enough when that happens, nor can I leave the conversation fast enough. The statement, your English is really good, is a statement of value. I'm saying that I'm impressed that you spent so much time learning a second language. If I follow it up with, where are you from, I have now stated that you are an interesting person, and I want to know more about you. Honestly, these people are so backwards that they are calling compliments and expressions of interest, racism. I mean, this is what you guys complained about for years, and now that you get it, you aren't happy. I mean, me personally, I have been studying Japanese for five years, and every time a Japanese person compliments me by saying, wow, your Japanese is so good, I have never been offended. And every time I've complimented a person who is not a native speaker on their English, they have never been offended. Who is this chick actually offended for? You, Andrea Boyles, have a native English accent. So by feminist logic, you are not a part of the group, which means you have no right to speak. If it doesn't affect you, then why are you speaking about it? Well, that should be obvious. If you can say someone is microaggressing you, then you get to play the victim, and now people will pay attention to you. That's the whole point. Someone solved the problems of the civil rights movement years ago, and now no one gives them any more attention. So, what they have to do is make up a bunch of new things to be offended about so they can keep playing the victim. Andrea Boyle's entire career is based off of playing the victim. She doesn't want the people she's claiming to help to get better, because if they do, then she won't have anything to complain about.
2: Because, see, once again, there is this seemingly unwavering need to assign people to categories, or just maybe exposure or othering come through statements that somehow suggest you as being special. Like, you're the different one. Okay. And so let's go with that. Different, how exactly? Like, what does that mean, right? Sounds just like what happens with the cool kids versus the other students at the high school. In any case, these are microaggressions.
0: I just thought I'd like to add how little she thought about this stuff. I mean, she obviously scripted this speech. You mean to tell me she didn't notice that she implies categorizing people is wrong, but literally three sentences later categorizes people as cool and other. And on top of that, Do these people even understand what the word diversity means? Let me google that for you. Diversity means a range of different things. You have to be different to be diverse. If you want everyone in the group to be the same, then you are literally arguing for segregation. Because how else are you going to accomplish that? Understand though, despite how ridiculous these people's arguments are, they still have a lot of power. They still make most of the movies, they still run all the schools, they still make the laws, and their toxic philosophy is still deeply ingrained in your behaviors, even if you've been red-pilled for a while. You might think differently now that you're more knowledgeable about the situation, but you may still be acting the same way as you did before you knew anything. Not only do actions speak louder than words, but your actions will determine your psychology. Every real psychological change is going to come with a series of new actions. That's why Jordan Peterson tells people to clean their rooms if they want to start living better. So you may have been red-pilled, but you might still be acting on the beliefs of the feminists who taught you as a child. Things like, don't care what anyone thinks about you. If you were born in the 90s like I was, then I'm sure you've heard this one quite a lot, and even watched many people act it out. Hell, that's pretty much what the 90s was about. But in reality, all of those people who pretended to be losers and pretended to not care, were actually people who worked really hard, and people who cared a lot. Like, Adam Sandler's, some of his most popular movies are him playing a loser, like Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison. Adam Sandler works his ass off, or he worked his ass off when he made those movies. Kurt Cobain, the lead singer of Nirvana, before he died, uh, had the whole image of, I don't care about anything. But when you saw him behind closed doors, he would do all the artwork for the band. He was super insistent about songs being created a certain ways so people get them. And he really cared about that band. And understand. If those people didn't work that hard or they didn't care, then they wouldn't have become as successful as they were. They would have instead made some boring speech about microaggressions and then complained with zero self-awareness that nobody was listening to them. So if you are not good at finding what people value, then that's a problem. That's a problem that's going to hold you back in your personal relationships and maybe more importantly to you, it's going to hold you back in business as well. But you can't just say, I now value what other people think about me or I now care about other people. That's not going to work. You actually have to retrain your personality. And the way you do that is to look for every opportunity to do something that people value. And it's December, so it's the perfect time of year to do that. You have Christmas at this time of year, and Christmas is designed around two major things. One, measuring how much you value other people, and two, measuring how much they value you. The reason that gift-giving is such a popular idea is because it's a statement of value. If people don't want to exchange gifts with you, or they constantly give you bad gifts, it means they don't care about you. And the opposite is true, too. If you give a lot of bad gifts, it means you don't care. If you can't figure out what to give someone for Christmas, it means you don't care about them. And if you can't figure out what the wants and needs of the people who are closest to you are, then how are you going to figure it out with strangers when you're trying to make money? The only way you're going to figure it out is to start actually taking interest in the other person. Once you do that, what to get them should be pretty obvious. But if you are stuck and have no idea how to give a gift, then there are some tricks you can use that will also work outside of gift giving. I find a lot of success when I give gifts based on common interests that I have with the other person. If I know someone likes baseball and I don't know anything about baseball, then I don't get them a baseball-related gift. However, it might be the case that they like cooking and I know a lot about that subject. So, I get them something related to cooking because I know which cooking items are valuable and which ones aren't. Outside of gift-giving, you have another chance to figure out what people value when you celebrate with your family and friends. Usually, Christmas dinner is a potluck. So, are you able to make food that people actually like? Can you be the guy who brings the beer that everyone likes? Can you be the guy who invents a family tradition that you do every Christmas? Practicing things like that will start to give you an intuitive sense of what people want then you can use that to build a close social group, or you can monetize that intuitive sense in the workplace. Or maybe this is more important than those things. When you start genuinely caring about others, you'll be able to tell when people don't actually care about you, so that you can stop wasting your time on those people. But that's it for this video. If you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share if you would like to support the channel. Then you can do so with PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. All of those links are in the description. Last, if you haven't checked out my BitChu channel yet, then go ahead and click the link in the description and subscribe to me there. Otherwise, see you in the next video. Thanks for watching.